Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lisa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, January the 3rd, 2024, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are on in the doctor's opinion on page XXVII, beginning the first paragraph, the doctor writes, reading through four paragraphs ending in the powers of good that lie outside our synthetic knowledge. Today's readers for the 12 steps, LCM, the 12 traditions, Joni Y, readers of the text, Darlene H, Vanessa G, Susan SH. Our newcomer greeter is Maria H. Second hour host is Ken WH and Kathy S will have announcements this morning. The share IDs for yesterday Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,995. That's 20,995. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,996. That's 20,996. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask LCM to please read the 12 steps. Uh, good morning. My name is LCM from Pennsylvania, and these are the 12 of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening of the results of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. And I pass. Thank you, LCM. 
And I will now ask Joni Y to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, this is Joni Y, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he expressed himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other media, public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and pass. Thank you, Joni Y. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in the doctor's opinion on page XXVII with the first paragraph that begins the doctor writes. We'll be reading through four paragraphs ending in the powers of good that lie outside our synthetic knowledge and comments will be on all four paragraphs. And I will now ask Darlene H. to please begin reading. Good morning, everybody. This is Darlene H. recovered in Georgia. The doctor writes, the subject presented in this book seems to me to be of paramount importance to those afflicted with alcoholic addiction. I say this after many years' experience as medical doctor of one of the oldest hospitals in the country treating alcoholic and drug addiction. 
There was, therefore, a sense of real satisfaction when I was asked to contribute a few words on a subject which is covered in such masterly detail in these pages. We doctors have realized for a long time that some form of moral psychology was of urgent importance to alcoholics, but its application presented difficulties beyond our conception. What with our ultra-modern standards, our scientific approach to everything, we are perhaps not well equipped to apply the powers of good that lie outside of our synthetic knowledge. So what an endorsement. I see this letter. I mean, the medical community is held in high regard, or it certainly was back in that time. And if if a doctor says, we don't know, we don't know, um, but these people do, then people took notice. There are a couple of things in here that strike me. One of the, wor- the words that he used um, was uh, the subject presented in this book seems to be of paramount importance. You know, I looked up that word. It means foremost, primary. It's really important that we pay attention. And then they talk about masterly detail, um, you know, pretty, pretty impactful, some of the things that they have to say. Anytime I get a phone call from somebody who says, hey, you know, can you share your favorite part of the doctor's opinion? I always say, that my favorite part is the fact that doctors, doctors who have all knowledge of everything, are able to lay aside their egos and say, we don't know. We don't know. We've tried. We've looked at every opportunity. We looked at it every which way. We've tried everything, and we don't know. And what I know, because I am afflicted, right, I have that alcoholic torture, I I did, which is thankfully um, in remission today, um, was that I know what it's like. And I know I have personal experience with it. And when I turn my will and my life over to a power greater than myself, remove my alcoholic foods from my food plan, work with others, you know, whether it's sponsoring or taking somebody through the steps or just taking a phone call, things begin to change. It opens up for the power of good, which is the power of God. You know, otherwise I was still stuck in my selfishness and my self-seeking behavior and I could never open the door to the power of good. I'm so grateful I have today. Thanks for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Darlene H., for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back this morning. Who would like to share on what was read? Harlan G. Harlan. Reva P. Reva. Barb W. Barb W. Patty O. Florida. Patty. Anybody else? Julie B. Julie. Thank you. 
Uh-huh. So I have Harlan G, Reba P, Barb W, Patty O, and Julie B. Harlan G, please share with us, followed by Reba P. Thank you very much, Lisa. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm going to take a look at the paragraph beginning, we doctors have realized for a long time, and I'm going to change some of the words to sort of amplify the meaning. We doctors have realized for a long time that some form of spiritual awakening was of urgent importance to alcoholics, but its application presented difficulties beyond medicine's conception. What with medicine's ultra-modern standards, medicine's scientific approach to everything, medicine is perhaps not well equipped to apply the powers of God that lie outside our medical knowledge. What is he telling me here in this paragraph? He is telling me beyond a doubt, he knows exactly what's wrong with me, and there's not a damn thing he can do about it that there is no earthly solution to this, just as there is no earthly explanation for this. This didn't happen because my mother didn't do this or my father did this or my mother used food to comfort me. No, I either am a compulsive overeater or I'm not. And the fact of the matter is just as important for me to remember is there is no earthly solution to this. I have been on diet pills when I was 9 years old, 10 years old. I was on doctor-prescribed amphetamines, and it said on the bottle to curb your appetite. That is what it was presented as, to curb my appetite. My doctor did not know what was wrong with me. He did not know of the physical allergy. He did not know of the mental twist. He was treating a symptom. And the symptom that he was treating was the obesity and the, and the eating. So he gave me pills that curbed my appetite, and boy, did they. And when those pills wore off, I ate Illinois and most of Wisconsin. And I was 9 years old, 10 years old, 11 years old, and I was going bonkers from the amphetamines. The fact of the matter is medical science can say, yes, you're an alcoholic. Possibly they can say, yes, you're a compulsive overeater. And there's not a damn thing they can do to help me. They screamed at me from the time I was five and six years old. Doctors have been signing my death warrant for decades and decades. One almond joy from going in my mouth. And God did for me what I did for myself, and God did for me in areas of my life I never even knew were broken. He is doing for me on a very regular basis what I am unable to do for myself. And this paragraph is an admission of powerlessness by a doctor that is huge, especially in 1939 when the book was printed. I won't even go into when he wrote this. But the bottom line is is that in 1939, for a doctor to come out in print and say, we cannot help you, was absolutely unheard of. And yet he is telling you here that we, we are not well equipped to apply the powers of good, remove one Oh, and it's God that lie outside our medical knowledge. 
that we can't turn anywhere else effectively and get aid, get help, and get recovery. It has to come from God. And many times throughout this book, it will tell me I have, a, I have an illness that only a spiritual experience will conquer. I never had a spiritual experience, but I had a spiritual awakening. Many of them, hundreds of them, thousands of them. And I am 25 years abstinent, and I'm free, and I'm alive. I'm not dead. Fine. And with that, Lisa, thank you for your service. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Harlan. And Reba P., you're up, followed by Barb W. Good morning. This is Reba P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, Yeah, you know, hearing a doctor say um, that they can tell me, the doctor can give me the diagnosis. He can tell me what's wrong with me, but he can't give me the solution. Um, and hearing these words, you know, moral psychology, powers of good, uh, that are basically the spiritual awakening of differentiating the true from the false, able, being able to judge rightly um, when it comes to this disease. Um, how humbling. And, and I was given sort of a diagnosis, um, but not exactly accurate by doctors. And I was given statistics on how my chances of ever coming to peace um, with the food were so low, um, but I wasn't given a solution. And the thing that gets me is application to apply. They know moral psychology or spiritual awakening is the solution, but they have no idea how to apply it um, as the doctor or as med- medical professionals. And I can know the solution. I can know the big book, but am I applying it? because this is an experiential transformation. I learn from experience. I don't learn from um, the knowledge of the big book. So it's really important that I apply the principles and instructions in this book to every nook and cranny of my life. Um, Yeah, and, and the humility that Dr. Silkworth is demonstrating, where am I using my synthetic knowledge, whether it's medical, reasoning, Um, you know, the I knows, I know how this should be, I know how this should happen, I know what I should be doing. Where am I doing that myself? And where do I need to remember um, that my solution lies way beyond? You know, how am I hearing all these stories of people who defy the odds of medicine, who are living, breathing examples um, of what God can do? Um, That make no sense. How am I still here? you know, abstinent and recovered after all these years. Um, If I used logic or synthetic knowledge, it would just prove that it would be impossible. So, yeah, I need something more and I need to apply, apply what's so urgently, you know, um, paramount importance, all that stuff. Um, Yeah, I need to apply that because I'm beyond human aid. Um, And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Barb W., you're up, followed by Patty O. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service, and thanks for the shares and for this meeting. Barb W., gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater, west of Chicago and Illinois. The first paragraph, paramount importance to me. I'm the afflicted. The importance to me. And then I jump down to that fourth paragraph. 
um, difficulties beyond my conception. Beyond my conception, I had I had no idea. Some form of psychology was urgent important. Difficulties beyond my conception, I had no idea what a 12-step program was, let alone that I had an addiction. I just wanted a diet plan. Tell me, tell me what to do, then I can like do that and be gone. And had no idea it was beyond my conception. And my standards, my bar was really low. It was impossible. I set it high, it became low. I minimized, I lied, I compared. Um, and then when all those things didn't work, self-loathing with repeated failure and my approach my approach um my approach to everything my approach was overthinking and rationalizing being in charge thinking everything and i'm not well equipped um for the power of good it lies out it lied outside my synthetic knowledge and what's happened is back up to the beginning of the fourth paragraph it's been a journey, a spiritual solution. That was beyond my concept of what I was walking into with my first meetings, beyond. Um, and standards are given to me by the big book now and modeling through other people that have gone before me and are living lives beyond their wildest dreams with their higher power. And so these these standards given by the big book, going through the steps, and coming to a relationship to my higher power of my understanding um, and my approach, willingness, constancy, one day at a time and allowing my higher power, surrender is another word for that, allowing um, and right-sized. I'm not bigger, I'm not better, I'm not worse, just one of many. And the power of good, um, again, it lied outside my knowledge because it's a spiritual solution. My high power still, not my wildest imaginings, I can't put curbs and barriers and and I, and I can't ID my higher power. Too large, too big. Believing that there was a higher power and then coming to believe that the higher power cared about me and my what I thought was minutiae and I was so ashamed to admit that I needed help from anyone, including a higher power. And now today, this higher power is doing for me what I could never do for myself on a daily basis and sharing with others what that's ha- what has happened. And so I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Barb W. And Patty O., you're up, followed by Julie B. Good morning, everybody. My name is Patty O., and I live in Florida, and I am definitely a compulsive overeater. Um, It's so wonderful that that they wrote this couple of paragraphs and helped me to understand that, well, yesterday we read about the, 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 that my body is physically sick, that my mind is not sane around food. So that helped me accept who I am and what I am. And that's a beginning for me. Um, You know, we talked about this paragraph, talked about, you know, doctors. And I can't tell you the amount of people who talked to me about what was wrong with me and what I should do. 
I went to psychiatrists. I went to doctors. They gave me a piece of paper with a diet. Uh, psychiatrists helped me figure out why I do what I do. And none of it helped me recover from it. It's only when I came and I was so biased and so my mind was on the defense about why I was not one of you. And when I came to a meeting and kept quiet and, you know, kept my arguments to myself and you talked about you and your recovery and your disease of compulsive overeating, that my ears started to open and I could maybe possibly admit that, that I had a problem with compulsive overeating. And, and that was the beginning of recovery. Of course, you know, I just celebrated 35 years in AA, right? I stopped drinking and I stopped drugging 35 years ago. And I tried to apply my problem and my recovery from alcoholism to my food addiction. I would go to meetings, AA meetings, and cry about that. I just ate a whole cheesecake. And my AA people who are some of the smartest, wisest, kindest people would tell me, at least you didn't drink. They don't get that food does for me, obviously, what it doesn't do for them. That food was my answer to life. How I coped with the disappointments, you know, the fear. Food helped me deal with all that stuff. Until I got here with you, who do understand that f- what food does for me. And, and you, you can't take away my food. You did not take away my food without giving Hi. me something to replace it. Appreciate all your input and your, and your walking with me on this journey. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Patty O. And Julie B., please share with us. Great. Thank you. Julie B. Uh, from Akron. Um, this, this chapter, <laughs> this chapter is like saving, it's just saving my life. Um, I've been in OA for about four years and, you know, was practicing um, not exactly entire abstinence. And I didn't know what that was even. Um, just meaning like, you know, in nor- no form at all to have my alcoholic foods, you know, and in this, in this chapter too, we're learning about, you know, that we have an allergy to this, to these specific substances. And I wish you would have told me earlier. <laughs> I think that there's things that I would have also listened earlier. Um, I didn't know that I couldn't have it in the fifth ingredient. I didn't know that it still being in my body was going to be a problem. Um so that's just what I'm learning, like, within, like, the last uh, little while. Um, God is so good. And uh, the acknowledgement here from the doctor is, you know, that, hey, like, we don't know. Like, the doctors, like, we just don't know. Like, there's there's such a beautiful acknowledgement that there is a higher power. And it makes me want to apply that. Like, it makes me think of, you know, for the doctors that told me that I can't have children, I'm like, well, what about that higher power? Like, what about, you know, um, that ability to take away um, 
the obsession that so many of us have been given from not from a doctor. So for me, like it makes me want to replace doctor with fertility specialist or therapist or best friend or mentor. Like, you know, sometimes we're wrong. Like sometimes as humans, we're wrong. And there just needs to be a power greater than ourselves um, that help us. Um, I just also wanted to mention, I just made a couple notes here um, that, you know, we learned in this chapter too that we work our solution um, by helping others. And I just wanted to just mention that, um, you know, I'm working on helping others without like motive. Uh, that's something that I'm working on in my life and just wanted to say that I'm so grateful that um, that you answer the phone when I call, that you are there to take my 10 steps and for my outreach calls because it gets me out of myself. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Vision Family. Thank you, Julie B. And we are in the doctor's opinion on page XXVII. We're beginning with the first paragraph the doctor writes and reading, um, commenting on four paragraphs ending to apply the powers of good that lie outside our synthetic knowledge. Who else would like to share this morning? Nancy P. Nancy P. Priscilla Priscilla, hang on. Um, There was somebody between Nancy P. and Pete B. Female. Cynthia C. Blanca B.G. Blanca, maybe. Blanca. Okay, okay let me tell you. From Florida. Somebody from Florida. Tell me who that is. Cynthia C. Cynthia, thank you. Okay, let me tell you what I have. Nancy P. Blanca <laughs> B. G. Pete B. Priscilla. Forgot your first initial. Cynthia C. Anybody else? Okay, Nancy P., you're up, followed by Blanca B.G. Hi, good morning. Nancy P., recovering uh, West Newton, Massachusetts. <clears throat> I love this reading. Um, I love the doctor. He's, he's a data-driven guy, same as me. I'm a data-driven chick. And he says, after many years of experience, that's all of his data. data. And I love the word masterly. And that's two things, that means two things to me. One, it's detail that's enviable to Dr. Silkworth, to the clinician, because he couldn't have thought of that himself, couldn't have thought of this particular solution. And he was a scientist and a researcher, you know, and as well as a medical doctor. Um, And then it's sort of like, you know, this powers of good thing, you know, going back to the masterly detail. These guys are not journeymen or apprentices. They know what they're talking about. They're more expert at this than Dr. Silkworth himself. Because they're like me. They don't care, you know, about scientific methods. They don't care about, you know, hospitals and all that. They just know what works. And that's kind of how I feel about my recovery. I don't care about God. I'm agnostic. I don't, you know, I don't like deal with that stuff. I know what works for Nancy P. And and that's what I do unfailingly every day. And, you know, it is kind of a big deal for um, someone of Dr. Silkworth's Thatcher to concede or to embrace, rather, not really concede, but to embrace this new way. You know, we all know doctors, someone else is saying doctors have egos, that's true. You know, I've worked with MD, PhDs, PhDs, MDs, they all have, you know, their own ideas about things. And if they're successful in their craft, then their egos precede them into the room kind of thing. But um, I'll just say that the first day that I dialed into this meeting, 
I, the only reason I did was because I had a doctor's appointment at 9 o'clock, so I wasn't going right into work. And um, I have not had to hurt myself with food since that day. But I go into the doctor's office, and she weighs me. I was 211 pounds at five one and a half, And she, um, she said, I think it's time for you to go on high blood pressure medication. I burst into tears. She said, what's the matter? What's the matter? And I said, my father died in the shower of a heart attack, and my mother had a stroke in her sleep and lived 10 more years. Oh, no, I'm going to die. And, and I was really beside myself. And she said, no, no, no. She said, a lot of people have to go on blood, high blood pressure medication. Anyways, fast forward, I lose all this weight. The doctor is completely gobsmacked that I lost it and kept it off for years. And um, she said to me, she said, um, in that meeting, and I said, diet, and she said, I'm going I'm to have to do this, I'm going to have to do that, and she said, no, she said, you're going to take care of it all on your phone, and that made me think of, you know, what with our ultra-modern methods, <laughs> We're gonna, you know, we go from doctors that, in my opinion, in 1934, are hammer and chisel people, to my own doctor saying, you'll take care of it on your phone, that's the modern electronic hammer and chisel, taking care of my weight on my phone, and, um, you know, Dr. Silkworth began his surrender when he mentioned as a medical doctor in 1934, whenever it was that he met, you know, wrote this letter, he talked about the powers of good. I see that as Dr. Silkworth's surrender that and embracing, not em surrender and embrace of this new way of treating alcoholism. And I am I'm super grateful that, that, that he did that because I wouldn't have recovered without that. And um, everybody call me. I love you all. And I pass. Thank you, Nancy P. And Blanca BG, you're up, followed by Pete B. Hi, good morning, everyone. Um, thank you, uh, <clears throat> moderator, for taking the meeting. Hello, my brothers and sisters in program. You know, this paragraph makes me feel very uh, comforted. Comforted. I, I know it's kind of bizarre and strange, but the fact that these brilliant doctors said we don't know you know, because I don't know and um, still don't know the why of um, what happened to me here with with, with my uh, addiction and my need to self-destruct. They just don't know. And that doesn't mean I, I didn't seek help. You know, I, that doesn't mean well because nobody knows, oh, well, you know, but I did. I, I, I continue to seek help. I continue to keep coming back. <clears throat> um, I've lost uh, two siblings, two brothers to addiction. They both died. And um, I have another brother and sister left, and they, they are, as well are both uh, in, uh, addicts. So it got to all of us, and um, I I still don't know why. Uh, so I continue to uh, I continue my journey, you know, because I do want to get to that to that road, the happy road of destiny. You know, I continue to try to get there. Um, and uh, to find the answers with the help of, of, of all of you, 
in this program because this is the closest I've come to at least being able to try to understand what what happened and what what is going on and without OA I I don't think I would be alive because it is because it is uh helped me tremendously in my struggles and on that I I'll pass thank you Blanca BG and Pete B you're up followed by Priscilla H uh, thanks, moderator, for taking the meeting. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy in Pennsylvania. And uh, you know, I'm 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 so glad that um, we have the doctor's opinion because that means you don't need mine, right? Uh, and I don't need yours. And we have we have uh, the doctor who is at the time the most prominent medical professional. Uh, that deals with, you know, conditions that we have, and he's telling us that there's something different about people that have this condition. And, you know, to this day, from when it was written, it still hasn't been disproven. Um, And what it also tells me is that people have been suffering from this condition, and there has been a solution to this condition way before Alcoholics Anonymous. And way before Overeaters Anonymous, there have been societies that have been even more successful than Alcoholics Anonymous. Because what the doctor understands is that what we have, we have an abnormal reaction to alcohol, have an abnormal reaction to certain foods, certain substances, and certain behaviors. And that the only hope we have is to get relief from the phenomenon of craving. And the only way we get relief from the phenomenon of craving is through entire abstinence. I don't, I don't know why I was born with an abnormal reaction. I don't know why. I didn't develop it. I just, I just, I've always had an abnormal reaction. Right? So I was born with an allergy. I wasn't born with an addiction. I wasn't born with an addiction because I, I can't get addicted to something that I don't use. I have to be exposed to something in order to get addicted to it, right? So at some point in time in my experience, I realized that I was, I was wanting a certain result and doing behaviors and ingesting substances that were making it possible for me to get that result, but I didn't have the power substances. Right? So I can't do anything about the fact that I have an abnormal reaction to certain substances, certain behaviors. The only hope I have is the only hope I have is entire abstinence. And if I want to stay away from those substances because of the mental capacity, the mental the mental aspect of this disease, I'm gonna need something far greater than human resources, far greater than fellowship, far greater than new codes of morals and better philosophies of life. That what I'm going to need is a spiritual experience. And what the 12 steps provides us with, a process to have that experience, that if worked exactly as it's outlined in this book, is guaranteed to produce the essential psychic change because it's done so in entire abstinence. And I'm grateful for that. With that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Pete B. And Priscilla H., you're up, followed by Cynthia C. Thanks. <clears throat> this is Priscilla H., grateful to be recovered physically from my addiction, but certainly not cured. And um, my addiction to certain edible substances, I won't even say food, certain edible substances. I just had to speak up this morning because the doctor uses the word addiction twice in the um, the paragraphs that we read today and once uh, over a few pages back, um, he uses that word addiction three times. And um, I don't think it's used that much, maybe not any in the rest of the book, at least the first 164 pages. It's um, the word allergy is used more, but addiction is what fascinates me. I have to admit it's fascinating to me. And I listened to some stuff about addiction that was not um, related to 12-step recovery, but I learned some important things about my 12-step um, my journey. I learned that at least at, at the time, to a few years ago, addiction was still really not totally understood how it works, even by the brain doctors. Um, but they do know that it happens in the pleasure center of the brain, whatever that is. <clears throat> and, and that the first step towards um, dealing with an addiction effectively is total abstinence from the substance. When it comes to behavioral addictions, that's more complicated. But for substance addictions, which which I have more than one, um, but food, certain foods are certainly included. Total abstinence is is the that's the first thing I have to do. Um, but then I also need to needed to learn that what makes the addictive thoughts, the thought of wanting that uh, food, what makes that kick in is something that I don't know how to deal with in life, some emotion. And that's where my, the higher power of my not understanding, my best friend forever, my BFF, that's where God comes in all day, every day. I have to ask my BFF if I have a food thought, and I do from time to time, uh, one of my addictive foods, I think, and I ask my BFF, what's going on? What is going on? What is making me want to eat something that's addictive? And when I ask that question, I'm always given an answer. Maybe not instantly, maybe not immediately, but, but pretty soon I'm given an answer. It might be uh, an amend that I don't want to make, uh, an apology that I don't want to issue, a call that I don't want to take or make. Um, I was told to, I was told by my higher power to get rid of artificial sweeteners. I can't say that's the case for anybody else, but I can say for me, absolutely necessary. Also, I was... Thank you. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. 
Thank you, Priscilla H. And Cynthia C., please share with us. Cynthia, press Hello, star everybody. One. Yes, sorry. Unmuting was a little slow today. Um, thank you, everybody, for um, putting this meeting on. And um, my name is Cynthia C., and I, I live in Florida, and I um, am, a, am a recovered compulsive overeating either one day at a time if I do this work and trust and rely on God. So I have to know that I'm, I'm an addict, right? I have the mind of an addict, an alcoholic. That is the only thing I do know. I don't know how the moral psychology works or my reliance on a power greater than myself works, but it does. And I love that, you know, Dr. Silkworth does acknowledge that we don't know. We don't know. I, 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 too, work in the medical field, and, um, you know, I, I am always awed by providers who say they don't know, um, because we don't know. We don't know everything. None of us can. You know, my synthetic knowledge is, is great. I have a lot of it. Many, most of us do, regardless of what that's in, and... We do have very ultra-modern standards today compared to what when this book was written. It's, it's even statistic or historian, so I'm always fascinated when people are, but that's not me. Um, but I do know that the moral psychology or spiritual experience or psychic change or just the shift in my awareness, the shift in the way I think, um, you know, I have to ask God every morning to guide my thinking because if my thinking is my own, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I have to ask many times during the day, too. And, you know, and that is why the big book, you know, thy will be done, not mine. You know, give me the right thought or action because I'm not going to, more than likely, not going to make the right one. Or I'll worry about it that it is the right one. Um, so, yeah, I, somebody talked about, you know, being born an addict. I believe I was born um, or being born with an allergy. Um, yeah, I absolutely believe that I'm allergic to my alcoholic foods for sure. And um, just as I am allergic to alcohol, I can't drink it. Um, and also I know that it has sugar. It processes the same way as sugar does for me. And sugar is my biggest drug of no choice, um, you know, and so I have to have those down. And it also means that I'm not only powerless over that, but I'm powerless over everything, people, places, and things. And only a higher power can restore me to that sanity. And with that, I pass. And thanks again. Bye. Thank you, Cynthia C. Uh, We have time for two or three more shares. Who else would like to share on what was read this morning? Anne Marie K. W. Uh, somebody W. Anne Marie. Sue Okay. I need a J. I'm sorry. I need a J. Okay. I missed. So there was somebody W. And Sue Anne. Anne Marie. Sue, Sue Anne W. Thank you. Okay. Sue Anne W. Anne Marie. And Anita J. Let's go with that. Sue Anne W. You're up, followed by Anne Marie. Sue Ann, we can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. 
okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I realized I was first. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sue Ann W. I'm a compulsive overeater, a sugar addict, and a volume eater, and I'm really happy to be here today because I myself really needed help with this paragraph. Um, I pondered moral psychology and talked to people about it and looked it up in dictionaries and uh, spiritual awakening. How, how clear is that for me now? Um, yeah, I... I just really like this um, explanation of things, um, and I don't know what to say other than that. I feel really happy to be able to share today, and um, yeah, I, I uh, again, I'm very grateful to listen to everybody's shares this morning, so thank you, and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for your service. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Sue Ann. And Anne-Marie, if you'll give me the first initial of your last name, you're up, followed by Anita J. Yes, good morning, and thanks so much. This is Anne-Marie K. in Pennsylvania, recovered for one day at a time, thanks to this program, and just one day at a time. Uh, I'm so grateful to get on here today and hear my favorite part of the big book, The Doctor's Opinion. Um, many, many years ago, I was in program, but I never read The Doctor's Opinion. It has changed my life the last two and a half years. There are days when sometimes the um, the malady that I have wants to come back and bite me in the butt, so to speak. But I know today that I have an answer, and it's because I don't have to depend on just synthetic knowledge. I have a higher power. Um, and I didn't have any relationship with him for a long, long time. Uh, but today, thanks to this book, and again, you know, reading about we agnostics, I don't have to have that same uh, God. So thank you, Dr. Shulkwood. Thank you uh, to all the people who have done amazing shares on this. And thank you to the person two and a half years ago that told me to go listen to uh, a certain person on YouTube talk about the doctor's opinion. Dr. Shulkwood was, and Bill, you guys... God sent you to us. And on that, I want to say, everybody have a wonderful day, unless you made other plans. I hope to see some of you at the birthday. All right. And I, I pass. Thank you, Anne-Marie Kay. And Anita J., please share with us. Thank you so much. This is Anita J., and I'm recovered in the state of Massachusetts. You know, it's talking about... Um, these doctors are acknowledging that they don't know that this is beyond their their synthetic knowledge. I couldn't ever acknowledge that I didn't know. I've been in um, over since 1978. When I didn't color my hair, I was three inches taller. Everything was different walk in as if I know it all. I knew nothing about addiction. And because my ears were closed, you could put me in a room, hear people, I didn't hear it. Because all I could hear was me, or all I could hear was me planning what I was going to say after that person shut up. And that that was me. And, um, you know, I have to embrace that, kid. Because it was very scary for her to uh, to acknowledge that she didn't know she needed help. You know, I was a church goer, but I didn't know what to do with God. 
I just thought I was supposed to know all this stuff. And um, finally, you know, I got the cotton out of my ear, right as an adage, and, and listened. And even in church, in the silence, the silence teaches me so much. And it tells me, Anita, you don't know, but I want to give it to you. That's what my higher power says. I'd be, I'm, I'm dying to let you know these things that you don't listen. And this, this uh, way that we present the 12 steps here in this particular meeting is what caught my attention. And I'll always be grateful for the woman who told me about it back in 2014. After all those years, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because I'm grateful that I have a, an understanding now of who I am. And I'm not that bad. I'm, I'm just another bozo. I love the word bozo. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. And we do have time for one more two-minute share. Would anyone like mm -hmm. to take that? Susan S.H.? Susan, please share with us. Thank you. This is Susan S.H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio and grateful to be here. Um, I was just <clears throat> reignited by just seeing the word moral psychology again. I remember asking my sponsor, exactly kind of what does that mean it's, it's such a odd phrase and she said it's a spiritual awakening and i just happened to look it up this morning there's a whole field of study in this um i i was always just a little off on what it meant and i think i understand it has to do with how we make our decisions uh the moral psychology i i it, it is my navigation through life now do I see a change? Oh, do I ever. Um, I'm a different person. <laughs> I'm so grateful. Um, I'm, I'm just bowled over by moral psychology. And, and AA was early moral psychology is what I read about it. Um, so there's a great deal to study on it now. But I have the 12 steps, and it gives me the directions. And the more I practice it and the more I use it, the better, the, the better it is to use it. <laughs> so it's just, uh, it's amazing. I'm so glad to revisit that, rethink about that, and accept that I didn't quite understand what I didn't quite understand, and I can, there's always more to learn. So grateful, and thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Susan S.H., and thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, is 21002. That's 21002. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Vanessa G., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only until keep you until then. I will. This is Vanessa G., recovered in New Mexico. Thank you, everyone, for an, another awesome meeting. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find. And join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.